When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello! And welcome to Season 2, Episode 2, or I guess it's Season 1, Episode 2, of the Succession Recap Podcast, which is recapping Season 2, Episode 2 of Succession. You know, this is getting complex, but we're going to dive right into it. I'm Felix Salmon of Axios. I'm joined by Emily Peck of the Huffington Post. Hello! And... Our very special guest, the editor-in-chief of Volta, Mr. Ryan McCarthy. (laughs) Former editor-in-chief of Vice News. They both begin with V. They both begin with V. That's all I'll say about that. And there are other parallels, which we will get into in this episode, which is Um, titled Volta. Which is titled Volta. Ryan and I have known each other for many years. Ryan used to be the business editor at the Huffington Post. That's correct. And then we built an empire known as counterparties. Yes, in a it was pivoted away. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> we yeah, we didn't pivot to video, we pivoted to nothing. Yes, we pivoted to not doing this anymore. Oh. But Ryan, unlike me, went on to bigger and better things. And in fact, an editor-in-chief job at Vice, which may or may not have a vague resemblance to Volta. We're going to talk about that on this episode of Slate Money Succession. Okay, let's get into it. This was, it all started going on. And I'm very, very grateful to Emily Peck because she actually has an idea of structure here and she wants to go through the episode and everything that happens in the episode. And I think that's what we should do in a recap episode. But can I just say female Roger Ailes? Yes. Like how awesome was that? Sid Peach was quite incredible. Sid Peach is my new favorite character in the whole show. I mean, how awesome is Sid Peach? She was great, and she really put Tom, or Tommy, as she called him. Uh, <laughs> she really fucking put him in his place. And he was just absurd going into that scene. I think we've all worked in media long enough to have a visit from one of those executives, whether or not they're connected to a dynastic family or not. Mm-hmm. That felt very true. Yep. And it was so clear in the scene, so I guess we can dive right into the Let's scene dive at, into- at ATN. So Tom Wamsgams is super excited because he's going to be running ATN and, you know, he goes in all gangbusters. ATN being... The Fox News substitute. Totally Fox News. Like, there's a little bit of question about whether it's entirely about the Murdochs or whether it's a little bit of the Trumps or the Dolans or the Grahams or whatever. But, like, ATN is 100% Fox. 100% Fox News. And he has he has this great conversation with Greg heading into the scene with the female Roger Ailes where, where Greg has some reservations about going to ATN and... He tries to express them and is just wonderfully shot down by Tom Wamsgams, where he says, you know, I I don't know about this. It, it, it goes against my principles. And Tom says something like, fuck you, principles. The, the, quote, the quote is, Greg, don't be an asshole. You don't have principles. <laughs> it's like kind of against my principles. Your principles? 
Craig, don't be an asshole. You don't have principles. Dude, ATN is a very toxic element in the culture. Seriously, okay, name me one principle that you have. I don't know, like, I'm against racism. Bullshit, I'm against racism. Everybody's against racism. What else? Like, don't lie. Fuck off. Like, if you're the news, Fuck like, off. you should. Hey, that's your principle? Yeah, dude. Greg, this is not fucking Charles Dickens' world, okay? You don't go around talking about principles. Actually, this storyline is totally parallel to the other storyline, which we'll also get into, where right, right. Kendall comes into Walter, similar to how Tom goes into ATN. Totally different totally. situations. But, but I have to say that if you freeze frame the scene where Greg and Tom are walking into ATN, in the hallway, you get to see a poster for America Live, which is apparently like the one of the headline <laughs> shows of ATN. And I love these little grace notes, which like literally you need to freeze frame these things to notice. The name of the show is America Live and it has a slogan. This is the slogan. The news you need right first, right now. <laughs> <laughs> the the grace notes in this are incredible. When they're in Valter, there's actually a, a fake headline in the back on a screen that reads, is every Taylor Swift song actually sexist? <laughs> <laughs> I would read that. I would read that too. And I bet it's already been written. There were some other good headlines they had flashing on the screen. There was one about Soylent. There was one that was meet the world's largest people trafficker in parens. <laughs> He's a surprisingly nice guy. <laughs> And then there was one about drinking from the toilet. Yes. I couldn't. I was trying to write down that one and I didn't rewind it. It was too good. Um, But it was also in a very vicey font. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. Plus, Apple Card has no fees, not even hidden ones. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Variable APRs for Apple Card range from 19.24% to 29.49% based on creditworthiness. Rates as of February 1st, 2024. Terms and more at AppleCard.com. So, okay. So okay, so let's talk, let's, talk about, let's, talk to, let's talk about Volta. Okay. Because, okay, so the, when we were last here in episode one, the whole existential crisis facing Waystar Royco is that tech has its hands around your throat. And this was a little bit in season one as well. And the way that Waystar Royco dealt with this in season one was they bought Volta. And now they own Volta. Volta is some kind of and online media Volta company. Volta is a hot, young online media company, and it's the future. And like this is <laughs> this is the future of Waystar Royco, and Kendall Roy is all 100% all chips in on Volta. And then what the hell happens to Volta in episode two? As they're about to unionize, Kendall decides to follow his father's direction and actually his brother's direction as well. And to fire everybody and keep five interns running the entire site after he manned all the IP on the site. But let's just get the elephant out on the table here. I think I screwed up that expression. But (laughs) Walter in in season one clearly seemed like Gawker to me. And now it kind of seems like a company that I used to work for. There are some parallels, which I I can run through right now. 
the there was at one point a line which said that Valter specializes in conflict porn and That's has definitely hipster honey on the roof. Okay. Hipster honey on the well, yeah. If you're in East Williamsburg, you can have a. What roof. does that even mean? I think that they were breeding honey. On oh, the hipster roof? honey, Got yeah, it. yeah, literally honey. Yeah, well, um, Gorka had a roof as well, of course. Back <laughs> in everyone the day. has a roof. If you if you're if you're a hot if you're a hot young privately owned media company, you need to have like roof parties. We had yes. a roof at Ziff Davis actually yeah. when I worked there. So the food and weed verticals were the only ones. Trying to <laughs> that was great. Yes. The only two bits of Volter that make money are the food and weed verticals. But I mean, the backstory to Volter, just the whole arc of Kendall, just being this like broken person who Volter was his baby, and it was clear in season one that this was like a fool's deal, right? I mean, yes. Lawrence, the founder, was treated him like right. shit the and whole time. And it's no clearly respect for him at like all. one of the few actually intelligent people in the in the entire yeah, right. he show. He totally has his number, except except and I found fucked. myself rooting for Kendall here. Like yes. when because he finally, finally fires all those people, I was like, "Yes, you fire those people. You right. do something, Kendall." And then I was like, "What am I saying? Like they were about to unionize. <laughs> These are journalists. Right. He's giving them a week severance. But if you what do you say if you publish your little videos? Right. <laughs> yeah, you're you're all fired." So if you can leave your laptops where they are and hand in your passes, security will be coming around now. Been through everything you've shown me. Food and weed. Those are the only two verticals driving revenue, so we're folding them in. And, uh, yeah, you're all free to leave. This is a joke. You have 15 minutes to gather your belongings and exit the building. Separation agreements will be handed around shortly. One week of severance per year served. With full non-disclosure, post your little videos, you get three days. It turns out Walter had already pivoted to video. <laughs> Not unlike... <laughs> oh, okay, can we, can we just like run through some of the great Walter quotes, like including the one where Roman, desperate to try and do something, phones up Jerry, the <laughs> chief of staff, and says, like, you've got to give me an idea. And Jerry's like, excuse me, I'm in the middle of a proxy war. Can you just like deal with your stupid <laughs> yeah. website and yourself? And he's like, no, no, can you come here and help? And she's he like, says, no, I can't. can you come over? Can you come over? <laughs> like he's sick. And he's, and he's like, she's like, just do something. He's like, what? And she, he's like, I do have one idea. Can, I, can we pivot to video? <laughs> I think she that. said, I can give you 52 seconds. Yeah. Which, which is, is a great way to pick up the phone. But in any case... It's Roman who actually first comes up with the idea of shutting the whole place down. Mm -hmm. And that actually does end up happening. They do end up shutting the whole place down. And that was my other great favorite line was when like he suddenly has this very short, not very dark, like mild afternoon of the soul, which lasts for about five seconds when he's like, oh my God, I'm shutting this whole place down. Am I, <laughs> am I doing this right? And his girlfriend, who he never sleeps with, Tiffany, goes up to him and goes, you did a thing. Mazel tov. My favorite line from that is, I think maybe you just did your job. Which, <laughs> which is such a perfect metaphor for this group, right? Because they are the executive class who right. are doing things using market logic to back up stuff that serves their own interests for very little gain, since they're all very rich, by the way. <laughs> In case you hadn't noticed. Yeah. And I, I just thought that was funny. The, the Someone who actually did a thing became the entire plot point of, of the episode, which is just that's satire at its best. And literally, like, at the outset of the episode, Logan says to the two kids, like, whoever figures this out gets a cookie. Yeah. And really, like, <laughs> that's what it was about for them. It was yeah. like, they really wanted that cookie. They were like, damn, I'm getting the cookie. Like, it pitted the brothers against and each that was other. And that was the whole, like, mini arc of the episode was that... <laughs> 
Roman wins the cookie by being aggressive and saying, <laughs> let's shut it down. But then suddenly Kendall steals the cookie out of Roman's hands by actually shutting it down. And he yeah. literally then gets to be in his dad's office at the end. And it, it seems to he me gets that whole to thing, wear like, the big trousers. come sit in my office, is just like what you do when you bring your kids to work when they're very little. And you're like, sit by my side and play with the paper clips. <laughs> and like at the end, Kendall just sits at a table in Logan's office. He just puts his hands on the table. He's got nothing to do, and he's just sitting there like a good little boy. It was very creepy. Can I just say, and look, we should feel no sympathy for these people. I don't think that the show necessarily (laughs) wants us to feel sorry for them. But Mm. the actor who plays Kendall's eyes in episodes one and two are just fucking heartbreaking. I'm sorry. I'm not sure we can swear on this. We can swear. Um, Go for it. This is is a succession recap show. You can't do a succession (laughs) recap show without being able to swear. Florid swearing. Well, Roman says to him, like, you can't even hug your kids. Yeah. And and I guess, and then at one point, Greg hugs him. This is now two episodes in a row where Greg hugs him for various reasons. (laughs) And he just stands there with his arms at his side, like, what is is this called? What is this human touch contact? He's acting the hell out of that role. And I just, like, I don't like him. But it, I just look into his eyes and I'm crushed every time. <laughs> there is a line in this show where Roman goes up to Kendall and says, quote, look at you, broken robot. <laughs> and it's so good. The great. So can we mention like Roman, who this is the Veep DNA of, yes. of the show more than anything else, is that. The weird thing about Veep is that even if you're a complete moron, you get to come up with the best fucking lines. It doesn't matter how stupid you are, you can still come up with amazing lines. I believe there's actually a line, yeah, where um, Shiv talks to her dad and describes Roman as a toddler with a (laughs) hard-on, which is the perfect description of Roman. But here we have a toddler with a hard-on, and he describes himself and his brother as <gasps> yes. Beavis and Crackhead, <laughs> which is perfect. so perfect. And then later on at the dinner party, he describes Shiv and Tom as firecrotch and normcore. <laughs> yes. This episode of Slate Money is brought to you by Wondery which is a podcast company, and it makes a podcast called The Best One Yet. And it is a daily podcast hosted by Nick and Jack, who serve up three of the most interesting business news stories every day and why you need to know them in just 20 minutes. Do you want to hear about the $100 wedding dress that saved Abercrombie or which real tech acquisition is like Game of Thrones or the one financial equation that can finally solve climate change? That's the kind of stuff you find on The Best One Yet. So be in the know this year by starting your morning with The Best One Yet every weekday. Follow The Best One Yet on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. And for more deep dive and daily business content, listen on Wondery, the destination for business podcasts with shows like The Best One Yet, How I Built This, Business Wars, and many more. Wondery means business. We should talk about a little bit more about Shiv and Tom, don't you think? Because that's the other storyline. Yes. So there's the Kendall yeah. shutting down Walter slash <laughs> Vice. And then there's Siobhan kind of like trying to decide between 
Eric Bogosian's character, which I forget his name. Gil. 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 And, you know, her dad and also negotiating her relationship with Tom and ultimately having to sort of like break the news to him that she is like a big deal and he's kind of like a nothing person. So there's all these great scenes between them that sort of like cut up the episode. But I think at the end, and I'm curious what you guys think, it seems like Kendall has somehow gotten the role that Shiv was supposed to get. I don't think so. Well, do we think that... Logan is setting Shiv up to just be sold a bill of goods about running the company because he got her to agree to his terms, mm-hmm. which is a term of indeter- of like she undetermined training. She didn't and really agree to that. She mostly did. I mean, she quit her job working with Gil. That was a big risk for her. And, and by the way, can we just like talk a little bit about the way that she quit her job yeah, working what was for that? I, I think, I think that Why was, burn that bridge like that? That was such a great scene because in watching these two episodes back to back, basically every bit of dialogue in this entire show is a negotiation between two people about something with really small stakes. <laughs> and, and, and that was exactly it. It was a negotiation and argument over whether or not she's quitting or she's being fired. And I, I, I still don't know the answer to that. And it doesn't really matter, but it was really, really fun to watch. I don't understand. You're riding me over a deal you told me to take. You took it pretty quick, though, didn't you? Rolled over really fucking fast. And now you're taking reach-arounds and flights on a 787? Where is this coming from, Siobhan? I'm sorry. I think maybe we should just reassess. Perhaps I Dick Morris things operate from the background. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. No, you know what I think? I think you're right. I think we need to reassess more comprehensively. I think Nate is right that your connections to Tom, ATN, are a distraction. Oh, yeah? Well, you know what? Actually, I'm out. Actually, I just fired you, Shiv, if you'd even noticed. Well, I already fucking quit if you had any antenna. But she clearly, like, picked a fight with Gil with mm-hmm. the intention of either being fired or yeah. just, like, having an excuse yeah. to quit. And why would she do that? Why couldn't she find a slightly more elegant way to extricate herself from that Gil situation? I, I really, I need you guys to tell me because I don't understand. I've never quit a job like that. I'm always <laughs> like, I really would stay, but this, like, really, But you're I not have a to- billionaire. I mean, clearly I have some things I need to work on. Like, <laughs> I have to pick a fight and get fired. I don't understand. Like, maybe it, it was something, like, unconscious. Like, she had to she had to burn the bridge or something. I, I don't I, understand. I think, I think all of this show is about small, small stakes negotiation. I think it's about how she couldn't tell Gil that she had something else that she wanted to do. So she needed to get fired because otherwise she would need to tell him that she was going to go work for her dad. And she doesn't want to admit to anyone that she's going to go work for her dad, even though she actually does want her dad's job. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, it's like a good storyline if she does go to that company and like ATN is so super rapidly conservative and they have their core values, which leads me to another great Roman line, which I'll save for later. (laughs) Um, It's sort of like a good story if she like has a falling out with like the socialist Gill guy, right? And right. goes running back to the whatever they are, right wing nut factory. So, okay. So, Shiv. <laughs> Can we talk about what's going on with Tom? Can we, yeah, oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Every geez. single episode of the Succession Recap 
It's going to be like, what the fuck is going on with Tom? Wams Gams update. Wams Gams. Can I, my favorite line, and I, I don't mean to throw out a great line too early, but when he's talking about getting a giant portrait in their living room, oh my God. Oh, yes. Shiv, and he says, is that too Asadi? <laughs> And she's like, mm-hmm, just ignoring him, basically. I like how throughout the episode, he keeps trying to talk about their marriage arrangement, yeah. and she could not care, care less. less. Like, right. she is, whatever. She threw that out there. She has forgotten about it. Doesn't matter. And he's just sideline, 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 leading up to that great dinner party yes. at Roman's house, where they all start trashing Tom Wamsgans. It was unbelievable. So, so these, this is the board meeting, right? Like every time the family gets together like that, they're making big corporate decisions, which is why- No, I, we're talking about the dinner party. No, no the I dinner, know. I, what, that, I, what I'm yeah. calling, what I'm saying is every giant family meeting is in effect a board meeting. Even though, a, this is like a, a fa- dinner party. Yeah. 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 Anytime it, they're all together, this is a family drama being welded onto a corporate drama. Yeah. This is a family that doesn't operate they operate like a company. There's no yeah. love. There's no affection. The primary motivator is dad's favor and mm-hmm. money, basically. And I think dad's favor almost comes out on top of money, actually. I think that that works for me every time. Yeah. Like I think they, you're right. they're they're together maybe three times for the first two seasons up to this point. And each time it's to make some giant decision. So what role did the dinner party so how where they yeah, trash Tom Wong's so, okay, so, so first of all, can I like, can we mention another great Roman line when he invites Shiv for dinner I know and she's like, say. you're going to invite me to dinner. He goes like, yeah, Metro poser bullshit. Ooh, race relations. <laughs> Kale. <laughs> It's like, and I'm like, oh, I might have talked about Kale. <laughs> like, it's so good. It's so good. And then they get into that fight about yeah. Tom's suits, which is so You perfect. look like a divorce attorney from the, from twin, the twin Cities. cities. The, the agricultural walk thing, too. I mean, like, we should not laugh at that, by the way. No. Like, that, it's fucking hilarious, but we should not laugh at that. An agricultural walk. I mean, it's. I mean, why do they all, I mean, I guess because the Roman and Shiv, you know, they talk out on the balcony and they have Japanese whiskey, which I'm sure Felix could fill us in on the merits of Japanese whiskey. (laughs) Japanese whiskey is awesome. Big fan of Japanese whiskey. So they have it on the balcony and it's like they're kind of forming some kind of weird alliance. But at the end of it, uh, Roman says to her, should I be worried about Tom? And then in the next scene, he just like, yeah, and she's like, ridiculous. But then in the next scene, they kind of like dig into him when it's clear that, yeah, he's a little worried about Tom. But one of the things that, runs through this whole show is the very clear power structure that Logan is on top and then Logan's three kids are underneath and everyone who's on top just shits down on everyone underneath him so Logan will shit on his kids and then his kids will shit on like their partners so anyone who's like married to or partnered up with one of the kids is clearly a level below the kids um and then the partners like Tom will shit on Greg you know it's just that everyone will find someone below them to shit on yeah and the way you demonstrate what little bit of power you have is by shitting on someone below you and it happens at every single level and the only question which i have which i desperately want to get the resolution to in this season is like where does marsha sit oh yeah that was the the thing when shiv is having she does a pop in yep. and she's talking to logan about how they're going to work out how she's going to become ceo ha 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 and then Marsha walks in and, like, conversation kind of stops. And it's clear that she, like, 
she's not just there because she's delighted to see her daughter-in-law. Like, she's there because she knows something's up and she wants to, like, worm her way into the conversation. They're clearly telegraphing something here. I mean, the obvious parallels in season one is Wendy Dang, right? Who proved to be maybe a spy? Oh, interesting. Well, Um, she she was definitely investigated by the, you know, people... Betting Jared Kushner, which, by the way, talking of Jared Kushner, um, <laughs> Tom's line in the office of Roger Ailes, what's her name again? Sid Peach. Sid Peach. Tom's line in Sid Peach's office was like, well, how many has been like the owner's son-in-law? She is, kind of rolls her eyes. Is, I mean, number one, she has the perfect response, which is yeah, whatever. But number two is a clear indication that succession is pushing the trump narrative alongside the murdoch narrative yes though i i can't help but think that the logic of the business world is constantly used by characters in this show to serve their own means and i i just think that's fine that's really funny maybe it hits a little too close to home but does not is, but is, he, is that do you think that's tom goes realistic? go find me some fat <laughs> go find me some fat to cut what does he say about janitors find me the Skulls. slowest walking janitor <laughs> Lowest walking down is a great line. Such a great line. But he's like, in terms of skulls, how many skulls? <laughs> he's like, you know, when he, he all he wants to do is and fire Greg people. has to like do that mind shift where he's like, oh, it's bad to lay people off, and then he realizes, no, I guess right. it's good now. So and Kendall, <laughs> Kendall wins the cookie by like firing four hundred people in one go and as, ruthlessly as, doing it. As yeah. someone who felt a great fealty to Walter. Do we think this show is actually burning through too much plot? Because I found all of the Walter <laughs> scenes quite satisfying, and they came to a pretty quick conclusion about the state of Walter's finances. But this is what Succession does: is it like when you think something is going to last all season, it like it, it ties up in one episode. You're like, now what's going to happen for the rest <laughs> so, of the season? So, where in the extended um, Logan Roy Industries universe are we going? Are we going to amusement park IP? <laughs> where are we going? So, okay, so I. I need to ask Ryan McCarthy about Volta because there's a lot going on there. For all that there are obvious and multitudinous parallels to Vice, the other big parallel that you could see if you wanted to was to Gothamist, which like the minute they tried to unionize, they all got fired yeah. by Joe Ricketts, the evil billionaire. I forgot about that. And as you say, like there were Gorka parallels and other things. But one of the things that happens towards the beginning of the episode is that Kendall and Roman arrive at the Volta offices and Roman is walking down the stairs and he goes, oh, look, the pretend journalists are pretend working, <laughs> which is a great line. And then <laughs> when he tries to persuade his dad to shut down the company his sales pitch is basically is there anywhere else in this company with fat like these guys get away with shit that no one else in this company gets away with like sid peach is like really proud of running a tight ship Mm -hmm. and like and he's like this is this is the fat in the company and that was the one question which i had in terms of like is this realistic because I have worked in and seen like big legacy TV companies and I have worked in and seen like digital media companies. And if you ask me where the fat was, it would not be in the digital media companies. And I I think this is just another case of people using the terminology, the synergy words of the lexicon to serve their interests. It doesn't really make any sense. You don't have any enough facts to know if they're actually on the level. I mean, the thing we do know about Valter 
not Vice, is uh, they pivoted to video. They got screwed by Facebook's algorithm and they were messing with their traffic stats. I, I, as much as I feel fealty to the Valter storyline, like it's not an irrational decision for them to write that thing down and sell the entire thing off. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. I'm Gordon Carrera. I'll be exploring the friction in this most important of relationships and asking, has the West taken its eye off the ball? You cannot ignore China. From BBC Radio 4, this is Shadow War, China and the West. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Also, I think there was, um, Roman said at some point to his father, I think Kendall calls Walter a body pit. And Roman says, no, no, it's not a body pit. It's a fucking muesli pit. (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't fit with R. And he sort of like pauses and he's like, you know, core value. And I feel like so that's part of it, too. It doesn't it doesn't it's not ATN and Walter don't belong under the same umbrella. Maybe. Wasn't News Corp the investor in Vice? Like they didn't. And this either is this, yeah. this this is a very good point. Yeah. But but it's also from what I can tell of the Logan Roy expanded universe, <laughs> it's a holding company, right? Mm. They have children's amusement parks. How does mm. that fit with their news network? But also, Fair. what this says to me, like just given which one's older and which one's younger and the, the power dynamics, I always assumed that. Kendall was Lachlan and Roman was James. Mm-hmm. But now I think it's the other way around. Yeah. Now I think that like Lachlan, who's the genuine conservative, is Roman. Mm-hmm. And that it's, you know, James, who's like the guy who used to run a punk rock <laughs> record label, who's Kendall. Mm-hmm. Well, what do we think? And, and maybe this is stretching for a theme that is, is not the intention of the creators of this show. What do we think they're saying about media by shutting down Valter in this in the storyline? Tech is coming for them. They're hunkering down. They're not going to sell the company and they're divesting themselves of assets that appeal, uh, presumably to a younger generation. Do you think they're saying anything about the state of it media? really doesn't? It seems like shutting down Walter was more a vehicle for showing who Kendall Roy is, I think, than projecting a vision of what media is. I mean, this isn't like a David Simon, like, you know, excoriation of the state of media. Then I think that is what they're saying about media, is that it's run by people serving their self-interest, not serving some broad directional view about where things are headed. Like, don't be an asshole. There are no principles. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, 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 you know, as as a former employee of Univision, you know, <laughs> which which spun up its own version of Volta called Fusion and then spun it down again just as quickly and sold it off. We've all been Volta. To, um, let's, let's be honest. What's it called? Jim Spamfellow. Jim Spamfellow. And Geo Media. Like, yeah, these things are always decided like eight levels above you by people who have no idea what you're doing. And really no conception of what media or publishing or journalism is. That was obviously quite clear. I think we just came up with a theme about what they're saying about media. <laughs> which, is, which is that you have people who may or may not actually know what they're doing, like in the trenches, but ultimately all of the decisions are made by people who are so many hundreds of thousands of feet above that it doesn't matter. And they all have nice apartments. Can, can I just uh, say, can we talk about how Greg. good how good this show looks? Like, it's a funny show. Yeah. It's a really sharp show. It's very satirical. 
it looks amazing. It's so well shot. I know this is not a slate money topic, but this it's is a, totally it a slate is, money topic. It is actually a luscious looking show. But I think it's not like wealth. I feel like I said this last episode, so we can cut it if I did. But no, it's no, not we like, should say it as many times as you It's not times like wealth porn, like if you've ever watched Billions. Right. It's very like sexy, rich people stuff. I feel like this, I don't actually envy any of this stuff. I don't want any of to live with these people. I don't want to drink. I don't want to have soup out of the gold bowls. And <laughs> right, right. When, when they're all hanging room. out in like... I don't Connor's want to eat sliders at hotel, Connor's hotel. Right. Where, no. like, who was it goes up to Connor and says, Oh, I like what you haven't done with the place. <laughs> and, like, you look around and it's just a completely bland hotel, which no actual human being yeah. would ever right, want right. to live in. Like, this is the emptiness of luxury. You yes. know, this isn't the, there's nothing like it aspirational is so convincing, about it. though. As someone who doesn't spend a lot of time in those circles, I am 100% convinced by right. the look of that hotel and by the look of, in episode one of him in that. Spa in Utah? In Where was that? Oh, Iceland? Iceland. Felix knew. <laughs> of course, of course. But like, that's why Greg's character is so great. Cause like, you know, you see him looking yeah. for a no- classic, looking for an apartment in New York City, right. and like his body doesn't fit on the bed. <laughs> and he's like, I just need storage space for me. For me. <laughs> and it's like, maybe. And then he, you know, he gets to have the big apartment and like he's running around so excited. Right. And it's like, he is the one person on the show that actually appreciates what money can buy. And none of the other people, though they're so money hungry and power hungry, they don't actually care. It's empty. Like, uh, just one other thing. None of them seem to enjoy their wealth. Yes, that's what it's yes. so tragic. Tom, and so Tom enjoys Tom the wealth. Oh, right. Yeah. Remember he, when he ate that? There was, was that, that very land. Specific- yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just let Tom enjoy his wealth, please. Tom enjoys the wealth. And I mean, for all that, like, Tom is the butt of every joke and he's a complete moron. Like, at least he understands that if you're going to marry into a billionaire family. But that, that's the other thing. Like, even Tom isn't satisfied with being obnoxiously dynastically rich he wants to be like ceo oh he's so upset when shiv tells him that's not our plan and and oh my god the quote can i say the the quote which is just like the most it's like i thought that it was something that we wanted for me and you're like tom holy shit i mean this is huge so i mean do you want it no and I don't even trust him. Sorry. Because I thought that it was something that we wanted for me. We do. To have it. We do. Uh, that was, I mean, that was just the plan. That's st- still the plan. Me is just a modification of the plan. No, sure. It's qu- quite a big modification. I mean, are Tom and Shiv going to make it through this season? Yes or no? Oh, definitely. You think? What? earthly reason does Shiv have for like kicking him to the curb but do you think he'll like at that dinner party when they were trashing him he finally says to her like fuck off like is that like a harbinger of more fuck offs to come I think Tom is too good an actor to be kicked off the show or to be (laughs) I'm not saying kicked off I'm just saying break up yeah I I don't know it seems like that the core of this show will always have them at odds I don't know whether that means they're together or not I don't really know okay so where do we think the show is going Oh, uh, where do we think the show is going? Like, I, I don't want to. You don't want to guess. But I mean, I think. You don't I want think, to precap? I think on some level, <laughs> what it wants us to think right now is that it's a fight between Kendall and Shiv to take over the company. And that Kendall, like, having been the black sheep and on the verge of crashing out entirely, is kind of almost possibly conceivably cleaning up his act to a 
degree that Logan might let him take over. But he's stealing batteries when no one. Yeah, okay, can oh we God. talk about we that? Yes, about we that. should end on that because that was like one of the last things. So, that happened. Okay, yeah. so like you know, I remember when I was a kid, I stole read batteries. This book <laughs> called Brighton Rock by Graham Greene, which had this sort of anti-hero called Pinky, who. One of the things that Pinky did in the book, which kind of demonstrated how heartless he was, is he would just take a like a daddy long legs and like hold it in his hand and pick off each of the legs one by one just because he's thoughtlessly cruel. And so there's the scene at the end of this episode where Kendall just in a just utter thoughtless cruelty just decides to steal a pack of batteries from the bodega owner and throw them in the trash just because it's like a tiny little mini power move that gives him, you know, a millionth of a bump of Coke kind of, you know, <laughs> high. Or, or is there something more to it? I think it's his little act of rebellion. Against what? Against his sad puppet life, because now he just has to do whatever his dad says. He can't even ride a motorcycle anymore. Oh, yeah, that when he's riding around on around. the back of the motorcycle right. the Which, whole time. Which, like, give it up, just... Be driven around in a car. Like I don't I don't yeah. really understand so, that. So I'm hundred percent fully here for this show. This is not a criticism. I love the first two episodes. I love everything about this show. I'm a little worried they're burning through too much plot because Kendall went from like ambivalent about his dad to firing people for his dad to well, following was, his dad's lead and stealing batteries from a uh, poor bodega owner well, that was for no Schiff's reason. Line, right on the that, on the balcony where yeah. she turns to him and she's like you really have a difficulty like finding the middle between like <laughs> mm-hmm. hating him and worshiping yes. him. I can't remember what the actual line was. But and it was... and we can't watch gyrations of this every other episode. There has to be some other slow building move here. And that's why I, I'm so I, interested about where so the show I think, is going. I think, I mean, I don't know where the show is going, but I want to say that Marsha is going to be involved. <laughs> because Marsha is the one character who's like who we need to know more She's about. She's a mystery. So, okay. So um, stay, stay tuned. What's your favorite line? Uh, of episode 2. I feel like we did a lot of them. Oh. <laughs> at one point Logan and company are watching who I think is Pierce Morgan on TV. Oh my god. Interviewing Stewie and that's when Stewie like trashes Walter. Oh and no, that's not Pierce Morgan. I don't know who it, it is. It was but... someone named Pierce, I don't know. Yeah. And then he says Self-righteous fucking butter wouldn't melt Pulitzer pricks. And I just thought that was pretty good. Ryan, do you have a favorite line? So I've already used all mine. So, <laughs> so I'm going to give you three. It smells wrong and they're hiding shit. Roman. That, yeah. I can give you 52 seconds. That's a is, good That's a good line. Which is really good. By Jerry, yeah. And the other one is your ads are all adult diapers and shit pills. ATN. <laughs> I think I think my favorite line actually comes from Gil, where Gil. where they're talking about the private jet. And he goes, "You don't look a gift Boeing in the teeth." <laughs> so Gil sold out, right? Oh, Gil totally sold out. First of all, like you know, he he rolled Made over for, for mm-hmm. Logan and did the whole deal with the devil with Logan, and now he's accepting private jets from like random people too. You don't look a gift Boeing in the teeth. It's a good line. Can I add one more? You can add one more. When Shiv suggests that they go for a salty reframe. Yes. That I was dying about that. <laughs> you basic Just bitch. dying. Yeah. Did, you, did you ever We've all been guilty of a, a salty certain, reframe. <laughs> did you ever do that when you were the editor-in-chief of Vice? Did you ever go, <laughs> we need a salty reframe? <laughs> yes. It's, it's the TikTok and the reconstruct of uh, modern web journalism. <laughs> okay, so we are all going to watch season three. 
we are gonna find out what happens next and I can't this show is so good this show is so good that's all thank you for tune in next week Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.